police psychics find me. everyone, this is Kelly Snyder with Valerie Graham and with Find Me, the Police Psychics and More, produced and broadcast by Zeus Radio Network for Hear Women Talk. Today's guest we have Dave Campbell. He is a psychic medium and forensic astrologer. And uh, welcome to the show, Dave. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Just before we get into talking with uh, Dave, I did want to mention to everyone that... Uh, uh, you can call in with some of your questions today um, at 914 338 1186. 914 338 1186. Hi, Val. Hi, Kelly. Yes, I am. And hi, Dave. And we are opening the chat room at www. and you can get on and ask questions there as well. And, Kelly, as, as you. Uh, know Dave quite well, but for those that don't know Dave as well, Dave, you're a very fascinating guy. You've been a professional psychic medium and astrologer with over 20 years of experience, and you wrote the book, Forensic Astrology, Solving Crimes with Astrology, which I'm sure is a fascinating uh, subject as well for everybody today. You're also a contributor to uh, author of the book, Find Me, which is about the group of psychics astrologers, mediums, and law enforcement, canine search and rescue that is dedicated to assisting families and the police in finding missing people, of which Kelly Snyder, right here on this program, is the founder. Hey, Kelly. And Dave is also a member of the Forever Family Foundation, which is foreverfamilyfoundation.org, which is a medium certification group, and we'll ask you about that in a minute, the Winbridge Institute, and your specialty is forensic astrology. Please explain that for us, Dave. What is forensic astrology? Well, it is um, exactly that. It's solving crimes with astrology. And most people don't understand how you can do that. They think that just the sun sign that you read in the paper is astrology, which is nothing close That's to That's right. That. What Gemini is doing today is not a clue. No, no, it has, it's very detailed, it's with all the planets, and what signs they were in on the day you were born, and it shows your astrological DNA, which shows your aptitudes, your behaviors, and your potential for either good or bad, depending on how you use the energy, and um, it sets up, there's a lot of patterns that continuously happen in, like, um, serial killers charts, and so it's really easy to identify that, and also, there's always a match between victim and perpetrator, and it's just amazing, and I've studied thousands and thousands of charts for this, and it, it's very surreal in how exact it is. And even further, um, there's a group of asteroids out in space, in the asteroid belt, and they all have names of people, places, things, uh, mythological um, ideologies and they have meaning and if you plug them into the chart even the name of the suspect and the name of the 
perpetrator, they will line up and match. So it's very fascinating. Oh my! Now, Dave, how do you uh, how do you come up with uh, with GPS coordinates using uh, your technique? Um, with the, there's a, a technique in astrology. It's called astro mapping, um, and astrologers have always been really good at doing longitude and latitude because that's how we have to figure out where you were born and the time of your birth. And so then they figured out a way in the 70s how to like draw the lines at your time of birth where they would be on a location. And if I'm looking at your chart and following the lines, like say Pluto would be like a missing person um, or a oh. perpetrator, that I could find it on the map and um, it gives the exact coordinates, like if it lines up between two people's charts or if I'm doing a different system, I can find the chart that represents you and kind of look on the map and find the exact coordinates, the GPS. Remember the, remember the Terry Bauer sock when her mother went missing. What was that, four or five years ago? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we used that technique because uh, I think you'll remember we we took your coordinates and we uh, went out with the uh, the tribal police because uh, part of where you had uh, sent us was on tribal land. And uh, I don't know if you remember this or not, but we literally were on a straight line heading towards where she actually was found, but we stopped a half mile before, uh, and I don't remember why we stopped. I think it was because uh, of the terrain, number one, and number two, um, your coordinates ended about a half a mile before her exact location, but the significance of this, if uh, if I remember correctly, is it, it's, it's getting you in the general vicinity, but it doesn't necessarily... When you give those coordinates, it doesn't say here it is within ten feet, correct? Or am I off a little on that? No, absolutely. It's it's giving you the direction, and it gives you this is the vicinity, and then you have to keep use your other skills as well once you get in that area. But Arizona is a pretty big place, and everybody oh yeah said um, she was like by Tucson. She wasn't nowhere near Tucson. And the coordinates were exactly in the vicinity within half a mile. That's pretty good, I think, out of the state of Arizona. I think that's well, unbelievable yeah. in in a desert situation as well. Yeah. Now right. it's not like it's next to that building or it's next to this particular mm-hmm. landmark. So that's quite right. And then we also I remember giving um, other landmark sightings, and there were in fact those sightings around the area. Which is possibly what she was seeing, because remember, I'm also a medium and clairvoyant, and yes. I was seeing some pictures. So that's part of it, too, as I use my intuition as well as the astrology tool to kind of guide me into, and sometimes I think they guide me. You, you have in your book, Dave, that one of the things you can pinpoint is the time, you do a chart of the time someone was last seen. How does that work? If a victim were last seen, how would you do a chart of that? Well, it gives me a lot of clues. Um, I just pull up the chart, just like it was that birthday of the time, like if it was 10, 15 on mm-hmm. today, I would pull up a chart for that and where they were located. And that that gives me a clue because it tells me um, what was happening at that location at that time and what happened just prior to it. I can kind of go backwards and look or I can see where it's headed toward the future. 
So it just gives me kind of a feeling or of what kind of energy was going on at that time, whether it be um, very violent or, or very harmonious. It could be totally peachy, and I would ignore it then because, you know, if that was the case. That would um, not be part of your clues then, if that were yeah, the case. Yeah, it wouldn't be. But if it's a, somebody's missing, it's usually not peachy. <laughs> it's usually no. very... It's very telling. It's very um, gives me a good clue of what the energy looks like, um, and then if I do connect that with their their natal chart, it will really um, synchronize what's going on with them and what it really links up that the time of that moment and space, and it puts it right to them, and it gives me a lot more information. So in and of itself, it gives me a lot of clues. I remember when I did this for Lacey Peterson when she was missing and nobody knew where she was. I picked it in the ocean based on the time she was last seen. And voila, you know, there she was. There she is in the ocean. Yes. So um, that's a technique called horary, which means the hour of the moment. And um, there's lots of different uses for horary, but you can ask any question. And I pose the, pull up the chart or cast a chart and the thought is that the universe already has the answer. It's called synchronicity. And the planets are always telling us, you know, the exact answer. And if we have a question pop into our mind at any given time, you ask the question at that exact moment or write down the time of it and where you're at, and I can interpret it and get an answer. Dave, does that, when you when you mentioned, uh, you know, her being in the water, uh, I'm a little confused. Did that the time that you uh, mentioned is that the time that she was last seen, or that how, how does that part? It was last seen recorded on um, on TV. Uh, the news time when she uh, it was December 24th, and Scott said that he had seen her at 9:24 a.m. I think, if I remember right, and um, or the, a neighbor reported it, in, and it was in the news, so it was an official time, even if it was probably a lie because of Scott. Right. Um, there's no such thing as an accident. I pulled it up. I actually probably could see that it wasn't true, but you can still see what really happened, even if he's lying. Yeah. You can see the yeah. time. You, you know, it captures everything. It doesn't, um, it just said where she really was. Well, the whole thing with that is partially uh, energy when you're capturing his, you know, his lie. Uh, you know, you're still zeroing in on the target based on the lie is that correct through the energy right right exactly so it doesn't matter if he was lying or not okay then how did you from that point on how did you determine that she was in water what gave you that clue that's oh, that's okay. where i was headed um, with this well the mar the planet that was represented her in that chart and there's a system that says you know this is the person you're asking about um it was in um, the eighth house, which is the house of death, so I knew she was dead already, and it was in Scorpio, which is deep water, and um, there was also an intercepted sign. The next sign in that house was Sagittarius, which is like the shore. So I knew she was in deep water. I knew that um, she was represented in the house of death, so I, I already knew that that was too late for, you know, success in finding her alive, but... Um, and much as I do that often, almost every case, I see that first and can determine really quickly if they're if we're looking for a live person or not. Right. And it was actually the planet that represented her within the sign Scorpio, which is a water sign. 
Aha. Well, now, do you use these same techniques? I know one of the things, again, that you brought up in your book is you can pinpoint and eliminate suspects. How do you right. eliminate a suspect? Like, say I was looking at, um, say, a murder, and it, mm-hmm. their chart doesn't even line up with anything whatsoever in the victim's chart. There's no connection. There's no synastry or relationship to each other. It's not going to happen. That just can't happen. It wouldn't be. So I'd eliminate them. And it would have to be like the violent aspects would be connected. And so if there weren't I, any, they couldn't be It wouldn't the happen. Suspect. There wouldn't be no connection. And what I found through doing this is there is no... Um, it, it's the synchronicity, the energy is already there between both people. Um, and it just connects. And it, it shows that in the bigger picture, it's hard to even you wonder, like, which came first. Do you know what I mean? Well, you use the term, and I know we're going to be back in a moment, but you use the term astrological DNA, which is a very fascinating thing. And I hope we'll get a chance to talk more about it. Okay. Sure. And we're going to be back uh, to, uh, to our program. It's time for a little break. And we'll be back with this program and with Zeus Radio Network. Talk with you soon. This is Dottie Laster, the host of Trafficked, an hour-long discussion about human trafficking in the United States. Join me as we meet guests from around the world and locally who are combating the fastest growing crime in the world. Join us every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern on Hear Women Talk Radio. When you're in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, home of Zeus Broadcast Network and Hear Women Talk, there's a wonderful adventure that you should try. Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. Go to www.carolinasafari.com and check out Carolina Safari. Mention Hear Women Talk and get a discount from Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. See another side of Myrtle Beach. Get wild with wildlife. Explore history, nature, and mystery on a Carolina Safari Jeep Tour. Hi folks, this is Private Investigator Vicki Childs, host of the Vicki Childs Show on Hear Women Talk Radio. How safe is your cell phone? Is someone listening to all your calls or reading your text messages? How about your computer? Is someone watching all of your keystrokes? Or do you want to know what your child, your employee, or your spouse are doing on a computer or cell phone. If you need computer or cell phone forensics, do what I do. Talk to Steve Abrams at AbramsForensics.com. Steve is a highly respected and skilled forensics expert as well as an attorney. Contact Steve Abrams for a free 15-minute consultation at AbramsForensics.com. That's AbramsForensics.com. Or click on the Abrams Forensics banner ad on Hear Women Talk and use promo code H. Hi, this is Judy Collins from Judy's House of Oldies, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network. Police Psychics, find me.
Welcome back, folks, to Find Me. We're uh, here today with our guest, Dave Campbell, psychic medium and forensic astrologer. Dave, just before we went to break, we were just touching on the, the DNA aspect of uh, what you do and how you do it. Could you uh, go into that and explain it a little bit uh, more to us? We were just about to hit on it when we left. Okay, sure. Um, the astrological DNA is simply, it's, uh, your astrological chart is very much like a fingerprint. It's like no others. Even though we were out, you could be born on the same day, even if it's a different time or even a few minutes, every four minutes it changes a degree. So there's something different in each chart. And it's like an imprint, which it matches up just like when they say DNA match. I've even told people when they're... Um, the, who the child of the father was based on their astrology charts instead of really? a dollar DNA test and I was right so, wow. um, and that's just simply because I looked at the charts together with the parents and went this one matches, that one doesn't so very simple well, the, yeah. when you're talking about that aspect too Dave when, when we do an assignment for the group Find Me uh, you had mentioned time and time again that it's very critical you get the time of birth is that that's part of your process correct yeah that's the the most difficult part of being an astrologer in general is people you know it's a lot to record the birth time but it doesn't always happen and sometimes they lose their birth certificate or the mother passes away before and it wasn't recorded or something. Or it's but incorrect i suppose if they get around incorrect to it yeah i yeah i can correct charts too but um yeah that's the hardest part of um, getting people to get the birth time, which on the good side, the law enforcement usually can get them because they have access to state records and vital statistics. And if they're on your team, they will get them for you. So, so it well, in most cases, with what what we do in the group, uh, as you know, is uh, we're almost always dealing with the family. So for the most part, we can get that. Right. Uh, and you know, as you stated, for the astrologer part of it, it is cr- a critical element. But uh, anyway, continue, Dave. Sorry. Oh, that's fine. Um, yeah, and so that's how it's like your forensic profile. And I do also do profiling of, like, say, you give me five charts of um, various people, one of them is a serial killer. It's easy, you can pick out which one it is. And I've been tested in that area, too, and it's worked. Um, is that some of the testing, Dave, that you did down at uh, the University of Arizona? No, that oh, was that's strictly something testing, different. That's just strictly testing the medium skills, the okay. mediumship, and talking to people and validating whether it was really them or not. And well, you were part of a medium testing program at the University of Arizona in Tucson, Arizona, and did that um, inspire you to be part of the other medium certification groups that you're involved with and so forth? Absolutely. Um, the testing was a great process, and I'm still in the Winbridge Institute, which is now the the testing um, ground for mediumship. And so I'm still on their research medium membership, and um, I still do their work for them. It's like a I've board, like a medical board almost. Yeah, kind of. They're the scientific board, and they, they do the testing. They have all the criteria and all the latest. Um, techniques to test and they, they always upgrade it and um, keep it the finest and the best so Dave MJ asked on our chat line what if you don't have the birth time I know you alluded to this she said I don't know the time of my birth how right. that, um, 
you can still do some things with astrology and get a lot of the general things but not the specific details um, okay. that are you know you, you have to eliminate a lot of the stuff that you just can get with it so it's, it's I can usually tell too if the time wasn't even right because it just speaks to me once it's right I know it, it just it's a whole different energy but sometimes I do have to look at like I can't get the time of birth so I'll just see what I can get and from the chart you're part of the team, Dave, of Find Me, which is, of course, the group of psychics, astrologers, law enforcement, canine search and rescue, and all that is dedicated to assisting families and the police in finding missing people. And as we mentioned, Kelly Snyder is the founder. How have you worked with this group, and how did you come to this group? I've been with the group for many years, since the beginning, um, and I, I just really wanted to, I was always looking for this kind of a group before. I wanted to have an avenue where I could do this and give my information to somebody, because um, I worked by myself on a lot of charts and then tried to go to the police, which is very ineffective. And um, You mean uh, directly? Yeah, it's not a good exercise. It's an exercise in futility and um, takes away your ego a little bit because they don't want to talk to you. And <laughs> Um, so it's very not fun to do. And then when I um, heard about Kelly and he had worked in um, law enforcement before, I was like, yay, we got somebody that can work with um, for us and with us and, and it's on our side and it can do that kind of work for us so we don't have to do it. And he speaks their language. Well, and that's the difference between some of the other groups out there. If you're not actually embedded in a police department and they have worked with you on a long-term basis they just don't want to hear from other psychics because as you and I both know um, you get a couple out there and, and they make it bad for the really dedicated psychics they're saying all kinds of things that are way off the wall that everyone in the world including the police know is not even close to being the truth and then it sort of sends out negative energy to the police all across the country that you know when a psychic calls in you know it's about almost 95 percent certain that uh, their information isn't going to help them so it's not necessarily the truth and what our group offers obviously is a filtering system to where you know the information comes in and and everything goes to the police but not in the sense of everything that's on the report it's uh it's very critical that the fluff be taken out because the police don't want to read the fluff. They want to see where is the person I'm looking for and tell me exactly where he is. I don't want to know that it's in the desert and I can see mountains off into the distance. So uh, one of the cases we worked, Dave, uh, as you recall, years ago, uh, and I'd like you to talk a, lot, a little bit about it, was the Marcy Randolph case where uh, an airplane went missing and uh, just, you know, the old proverbial needle in the haystack because once it took off, the only people that knew where that plane was was uh, the pilot and the passenger. So uh, do you remember that case, Dave? Oh, very clearly. It was one of the, my favorite cases as far as um, I had a really good connection with that case, uh, both in the mediumship side of it um, and seeing psychically the clairvoyance. And I saw a lot of vision with Marcy and um and then uh, when I did the astrology and her mother provided us with the time of birth and everything, it just everything clicked and so I got a lot of information. And um, I did give GPS coordinates 
twice. I gave one and then um, revised it to a, a more specific area. And it uh, turns out that it was really close to the coordinates that were actually at the finding site um, uh, as far as that goes. So, and I had maintained that there was like smoke in the distance and everybody at the time said there was no smoke reported anywhere in the vicinity. And it turns out that's what found them. Uh, it turns out that that's how they, the father actually got the lead to go in that vicinity to find him, and he actually did find her. Yeah, what actually happened was uh, people were hiking on the day of the crash. They heard what they thought was thunder. Uh, about an hour and a half later, they got to the place where they heard the sound coming from, saw a little bit of residue smoke coming from inside of a canyon, and notified the authorities, notified uh, Coconino, Yavapai, and the Forest Service, and uh, they did a flyover, didn't see anything, and it took almost six months for that information to get into the computer. So needless to say, when uh, the authorities were out there trying to find out if there was anything, it wasn't in the system anywhere. And uh, so it was it was unfortunate, but, you know, as the psychics uh, will always tell you, when the time is right, then that's when you'll find the person. And, uh, you know, if you could expand on that a little bit, Dave, I know there's many reasonings out there that uh, the father was an avid hiker and he was a pilot. Uh, some of the psychics in the group said she doesn't want to be found now because of the condition she's in. The physical condition, you mean? Exactly. Yeah. In other words, if he goes to the plane and he sees her in, in that condition, you know, a little, uh, the trauma to you know when she actually was found is completely different so you know tell us your feeling on that Dave uh, I agree I think that they they wait for timing and, and divine timing and when if they knew that he wasn't ready at that time to find her in that condition she might have circumvented it or or just not shown where she was at that time but the messages she was giving us were very, very clear, and we didn't know. And maybe it was just her getting, you know, giving him time to um, cope with the fact that she may be gone and, and accept it before she actually had him be herself. Well, I remember he said time and time again, you know, he he wanted to find her immediately, and the psychics kept saying back to me, uh, she doesn't want to be found in the condition she's in. You know, when the time is right, it'll happen, and... Uh, extremely frustrating for our group and the father because we were out there almost every single day searching so mm -hmm. uh, two and a half years of that and then eventually finding her uh, based on information that we had the very first day was uh, was extremely frustrating but uh, anyway Dave uh, we're going to take another break okay. and uh, we'll get back into uh, wrapping up on that particular story and okay. other things as soon as we uh, come back We'll see you soon. Hi, this is Judy Collins from Judy's House of Oldies, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network. Hi, this is Jessica Doravage, host of the Where Is My Guru show. Join us Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Hear Women Talk. Tonight, take an adventure on the Myrtle Beach Ghost Walk. Explore the haunted swamps where alligators and the ghosts from long ago still reside. Stroll across floating walkways beneath the Spanish moss as your pirate guide leads you by lantern and shares 13 spooky tales along 
along the way. The Ghost Walk departs nightly at dusk, only at Barefoot Landing in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Call 843-361-2700 or visit MyrtleBeachGhostWalk.com for advanced tickets. The Myrtle Beach Ghost Walk. Hi, this is Chris Hillenberg, the host of Hear Women Tell, here on Hear Women Talk Radio, where we interview professional storytellers to get the story behind the story. This week, we'll be interviewing Lenny Del Siemens. With a face and a voice that's launched a thousand characters, Lenny Del Siemens, a master story performer, is an award-winning international performer of Latino, original, and world stories spiced with mime, a cornucopia of voices, and a love of people. Lenny is known for animated, interactive performances, encouraging listeners to rejoice in human and cultural diversity, and delight in her urban American sense of humor. The 2002 Storyteller of the Year, Lenny's been published in Storytelling Magazine, The Newsletter, Tell Trader, and uh, a tribute to Brother Blue, and she's been a headliner at the Storytelling Festival and International Storytelling Center. Join me this Wednesday at 3 p.m. when I interview Lenny Dell Siemens on Hear Women Tell here at Hear Women Talk Radio. When you're in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, home of Zeus Broadcast Network and Hear Women Talk, there's a wonderful adventure that you should try. Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. Go to www.carolinasafari.com and check out Carolina Safari. Mention Hear Women Talk and get a discount from Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. See another side of Myrtle Beach. Get wild with wildlife. Explore History, nature, and mystery on a Carolina Safari Jeep tour. Hi, this is Michelle with LaBellamy Vineyard. You're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network. Police psychics, find me. Welcome back to Please Psychics Find Me with Kelly Snyder, Valerie Graham, and our guest, Dave Campbell. Dave, one of our on hearwomentalk.com chat line asked how long it takes you to do your astrological research on a case. Do you pour over it for hours, days? As a forensic astrologer, we'd love to know how you do this thing. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I start getting information as soon as I get the chart pulled up with the day it was, you know, happened, the event happened. I start getting big information right away, like whether they're alive or, or past, and what happened to them and what was going on. And then I just keep refining it, which takes hours, um, a couple of hours for me to, to get all the little details, like the asteroids put in place. And um, those are the small details, but there's the telling details, too. Like in the Marcy Randolph case, um, in her chart, she has Icarus conjunct her Mercury. Mercury is planet of travel. And Icarus, do you remember the story of Icarus? Icarus and Daedalus. Yes. And yes, indeed. they escaped from um, prison and kind of, they had the wings of wax. And Icarus kind of got too carried away, fell too, got too close to the sun and yes. crashed. It flew and crashed and drowned. So that telling her inner chart was very, you know, a big clue. 
and it's in our eighth house of death, and then Pluto, the planet of death, was hitting it at that time. So it tells me, you know, there was a crash, a flying crash, and that's exactly how she did pass. So it was very, very specific. <laughs> if if you knew the story right away, but that was a symbol, I guess. Right, I guess it was a symbol of what well. happened, and that's exactly how it worked. You know, it was already in her chart actually, and this was set off at the right time. So um, it takes a long time to get all that little stuff in, but the the big stuff I can usually get a, a great sense of what happened with them right off the bat. Kelly, you had pointed out at one time that um, not only do uh, does the team of, of Find Me concentrate, of course, on on finding those you wish to, but also that you can develop a bit of the suspect profile. You were talking about that. Well, the whole thing, Dave, is. Um Every time we're looking for a missing person, uh, you know, we have literally the the two options. Did the person go missing and want to be missing, or did they accidentally fall off a cliff? I mean, there's so many variables when we're looking for someone, but uh, we also have the other variable where uh, there's a suspect involved. The person went out to, you know, just take a walk in the woods, for, for example, on one of the cases we worked about six months ago. But uh, then foul play comes into play they either rob the person or kill them for whatever reason so explain to me that with with not really having the suspects information how do you zero in on a suspect i mean what are you doing it partially because of the astrology and the mediumship or combination of the two or, or how do you do that yeah there's a combination because like I, I do the psychic stuff and get the information that way as well and if uh, what I see in my mind, and I write down, you know, descriptions. And also, I can do, if I don't have a, any chart at all for the suspect, um, I can do, like I said, the horary question, ask that question, do the chart at that time, and then get the description from that chart, and it does give very, very complete details. Kelly and Dave, uh, Kay asked us on the chat line, so, she says, if it's already in someone's chart, does this mean crimes and so forth are predetermined? Um, that's a good question. I think to some extent, maybe um, everybody has free will, and maybe, um, maybe I think people's passing, we all choose the time of exit, whether it makes sense to us on this level or not. Um, the crimes, uh, there's, that's where the free will comes in. Are you going to use your negative energy or your your planetary energy on a negative way, or are you going to use it to positive? Mm -hmm. uh, like, for instance, um, police charts and criminal charts often look like the same chart because they're using the same energy. They're both going around firing guns, tackling people, um, jumping over buildings or whatever. It's still the same energy, right? So it's just how they're using it. And a surgeon chart is the same as a butcher chart. They're both cutting up things. Just a different True. <laughs> so so it's, that's where free will comes in. But your your chart, and I to believe we choose most of what we're going to do in life before we get here. That's a whole other topic. But um, then we get here and we have free will to go, do I want to go through with this or do I want to go a different way? So that's a hard one to answer. But I think in a lot of cases, yes, the, um, Free will, free will is the key there. But yeah, crime, I don't think, that's a free will thing. Well, there was one more question from Shirley. 
she wanted to know if the birth alignment part of what you're talking about is similar to geographical profiling. Mm, I don't know what geographical profiling means. We'll have to ask Shirley, what is that? Is yeah, that maybe she was talking about your place determinant? Uh, oh, that's no. the only thing I can guess. No, I think if that's the no, no, it doesn't. Okay. Do you mean you're, where you're you, born? No. Well, yeah, I was asked either either that or where you physically are at at your present, time, you know, right. At, right? Yeah, current time. So maybe we can get her to uh, come back in and and uh, clarify that. Well, yeah, I mean we're uh, as far as the mediumship, uh, Dave. That was the curiosity as far as you know the forensic astrologer. I think you've spent uh, a great deal of time learning this process and certainly you know it off the top of your head but I think you also have a, a computer program with this information in it too is that correct? Oh yeah you have to so, use the program too. Well I, I figured you did but I didn't uh, want to say it without making you confirm it mm -hmm. but uh, so the complement here as I see it is the mediumship and the forensic astrologer part is literally a hand in hand to you know, essentially feed you the truth as as close to the truth as you can get. Is that correct? Right, because I use my psychic skills with it as well, and the, the mediumship, and then I can talk to them. I can pull them in. Um, so, from the medium person. angle, Dave, when did you mm -hmm. see your first dead person in front of you? Oh, I was eight years old, so that was. Mm, boy. Yeah. Who was it? I, it was I was being babysat in the haunted house. And my Good work. <laughs> I know, and I had to go there every week, so it was kind of scary. But um, my my parents knew about it also because I heard them talking, you know, to the owner of the house, the babysitter, and about the. They were trying to use good words like poltergeist, and I'm like, oh, I know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, well, you know, it's haunted, and yeah, it's been validated since then, so. Well, haunted in the sense by uh, good ghosts or bad ghosts or good people, bad people? Uh, they were kind of, uh, I wouldn't say good, but they weren't evil. They were just lost, let's put it that way. They didn't want to leave. So, so the show that's on TV about the... Uh, you know the Ghostbusters and all of that, which uh, you know was actually made into a fairly decent comedy. Uh, all of that is true, correct? Yep, there's ghosts wandering everywhere um, almost any time. Well, what's the dealio with these people? Are they uh, lost? They don't know where where to go, or are they? Uh, you know, because I've heard the word orbs, and I see in photographs orbs all the time. Once it was brought to my attention, uh, a matter of fact. Uh, Chris Robinson, who we had on a week or so ago, uh, you know, has a actual, uh, you know, a three-ring binder full of photographs of all these places he's he's gone and uh, and taken photographs of uh, of various areas. And one of them uh, was an orb above a casket that was being driven away from a church, oh. <laughs> and the orb was above the casket, and you could see the face. Uh, awesome. I love oh, so, yeah, I mean, that was unbelievable when I saw that. I mean, I realize the orb is, uh, unless I'm wrong here, but the orb is a person, correct? I'd say in a lot, a lot of cases, yes. In some cases, well, well, I mean, it's either human or animal, correct? Right. right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's a spirit of some kind. It's like, I always use the analogy of, like, you know, Wizard of Oz, when the Good Witch comes, is like that little ball. 
you know, that's right. Oh yes, that's how they travel. That's all there is to it. It's just they travel in a orb form and then they can materialize in human form or whatever they want to look like. Whatever they well, want to I, do. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, so many people talk about it, and and I got to tell you, you know, you hear all these stories about you know someone is asleep at night, they know one hundred percent they're by themselves. And all of a sudden, they feel someone sit on the bed, or something moves in the room, and there's no way it wasn't wind, it wasn't a fan, it wasn't anything other than someone being in the room with them. And uh, you know, when you first hear them, and you're not knowledgeable of this stuff, you think, okay, you know, here, here's one mm-hmm. for the loony bin. But you know, now I've heard it so much, uh, you know, I truly believe that it happens more often than people even even think. Oh, yeah, it's very common. And I do uh, purposely go to known haunted hotels to stay just for the, to see the phenomena, and I, I get quite a bit, too. So um, I well, just happened recently in um, Prescott, and um, I didn't know it at the time, but the, the ghost would always take people's toothbrush. <laughs> well, Ray's toothbrush was missing the first day, and we looked everywhere. I went back to the truck, and we even went to dinner and then came back, and when we come back, it's right on the. It's sitting next to mine. It was not there. I promised before. Why did <laughs> then he I take read it? In a book, in the town about what those ghosts take people's toothbrushes, and then I'm like, aha. Why would this. he take the toothbrush? Yeah. Well, you know, I asked that question in my mind, and I got that because you'll miss it right away. Right away, gonna, you'll know it's gone. You right away, you're going to know that you're going to brush your teeth, and because who's you know, if you bring your toothbrush, you're going to brush your teeth. I hope. Well, and I <laughs> I hope all our listeners so are know looking. That it's gone. Well, all our listeners can check if their toothbrush is in the restroom because we'll be right back okay. with Police Psychics Find Me in just a moment. Hi, my name is Jesse Jordan with Further Faster Initiatives, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio. Hello, race fans. This is Jeff Gilder, creator of RacersReunion.com. When you're in Myrtle Beach, check out my favorite, the Caravelle Resort. The Caravelle Resort has a golf department and concierge with golf privileges at virtually every course on the Grand Strand, including the coveted Dunes Club. And ladies, pamper yourself with Caravelle's Studio Spa. Featuring services such as Swedish massage, heated stone therapy, reflexology, manicures, pedicures, facials, and more. Awaken your senses with the most requested massage and spa therapies. The Caravelle Resort, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, 800-507-9145. Get the best rate on the Grand Strand when you use promo code RACERS at thecaravelle.com. 800-507-9145. That's galore. Visit our store at 4822 Highway 17 at Barefoot Landing. We have the largest source of hats in the greater Grand Strand area. Tilly, Stetson, Indiana Jones, Wallaroo, Top Hats, Mad Hatter, Derbies, Felts, Fedoras, Cowboy, Golfer, Driver, Life is Good. We carry a large selection of women's fashion hats as well as Red Hat Society hats. We also have an assortment of umbrellas, canes, and walking sticks. Hats Galore, located at Barefoot Landing in North Myrtle Beach. We are the best source for hats in the Grand Strand area. Hats Galore at Barefoot. 
Com. Tonight, take an adventure on the Myrtle Beach Ghost Walk. Explore the haunted swamps where alligators and the ghosts from long ago still reside. Stroll across floating walkways beneath the Spanish moss as your pirate guide leads you by lantern and shares 13 spooky tales along the way. The Ghost Walk departs nightly at dusk, only at Barefoot Landing in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Call 843-361-2700 or visit MyrtleBeachGhostWalk.com for advanced tickets. The Myrtle Beach Ghost Walk. This is Paul Trulove on Zeus Radio Network for HearWomenTalk.com. Police Psychics, find me. Welcome back, folks. This is Kelly Snyder with Valerie Graham, and we have as our guest today Dave Campbell, psychic medium and forensic astrologer. Uh, we also have on the line Shirley, and she has a question for you, Dave. Shirley, okay. let's hear your question. Hi. You were discussing earlier about the, the birth time and, you know, Pluto, the planet, and everything, and I was just wondering if that's similar to the geographical profiling that police do on serial killers. Okay. Can you, Kelly, can you repeat it? I can't hear The profiling, is it similar to the geographical profiling that police do on serial killers? Is that um, what you were asking? Okay. And no, it's not, not anything like it. I don't, I'm not sure what they do in that regard, so, but no, it's nothing like it. It's totally different. Well, I think, you know, now that I do understand the question, uh, Dave, I think what it is is when a, when a profiler is doing a case and they have five or six murders in the same area, they do it, they do it geographically trying to zero in on if there is some kind of a pattern as to why the person is staying in one area. And, uh. Correct, you know, and to see if he lives in that area, you know. Exactly. Yeah, because if, uh, one of the things the police and, you know, the profiler tries to zero in on is p- the person's familiarity with the area. No, that is a key true. component because yeah, right. if you're in your own backyard, you know how to escape and get away from things, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. Uh, it makes it easy. Well, that's just like in the Anthony case, you know, Kaylee was found in the area in which the parent lived. Exactly. And that's the reason I was worrying about if it was similar to the geographical. Well, in this case, uh, Dave says no, but uh, certainly appreciate your your question. That uh, was a great question, Shirley, and thanks for calling in. Dave, uh, thanks, Shirley. Uh, So you were eight years old when you found out that you had this ability. Tell me, explain to me how it developed and, and then really when you wanted to do something with it. I mean, obviously you're seeing... Uh, ghosts and dead people and you realize that you know you have this gift uh, mm-hmm. if you would you know go on from there well in, uh, early on my mother also took me to because um, I wasn't paying attention in school so she took me to hypnotherapy and taught me how to do they taught me self-hypnosis and how to really reprogram my mind and in that to do meditation and to find objects and to develop my psychic ability so I was 8 years old doing this 
and even in grade school I was doing psychic stuff you know knowing who did what or whatever so it just became part of me and then even when I um, in my late 20s I started I went back to school for hypnotherapy and got certified as a hypnotherapist and did lots of research with that and did a lot of clients thousands and then I just and I still do I just did one last week on um, you know those typical weight loss things and so it's just part of my mind I've always developed my psychic skills I I took classes from psychics um, on how to further develop and how to control and how to enhance them that was in Salt Lake City and of course then I I went into astrology and realized there was something there and studied it for years and took millions of hours of classes I tell you um, and still research and study that so it's an ongoing thing I don't think we ever stop learning I don't think I know all the answers I'm still um, searching one of the questions I wanted to ask you about Dave is when you say never stop learning uh, just recently you and I were uh, discussing a case out of California the Lombardi murder and we're trying a different technique and I want you to touch a little bit about that because uh, I don't believe we talked about it in any of our previous shows but we're actually taking people from the family and people in the neighborhood where this individual was murdered and we're hypnotizing them uh, you know our purpose of course uh, and we actually were uh, told this technique from a police officer out of San Bernardino California about three years ago uh, we started practicing it a little bit here locally but we didn't actually want to do it on uh, family victim uh, family members and and we were just doing it with our own people but explain a little bit about that and how you know you got the forensic astrology you got the mediumship you got all of these psychic abilities where do you think the hip hypnosis lies in in the scheme of things as far as trying to help solve crime I think it's, it's very valid it's, it's actually used in a lot of precincts in a lot of different states um, where they it's called forensic uh, hypnotherapy or hypnosis and you can get certified in it I can't remember if Arizona is one of them or not but um, that was another route I thought I'd go into someday but I think it's very key I think you could use it in a lot of different ways um, I think it's just very as in any case like with whether I'm looking for aliens if you were really abducted you never ask leading questions you never put things in their mind you're always you aren't forced. suggestive then yeah you don't ever suggest you have to right. be skilled at pulling things out of them and and also because I can tune into them, I half the time I see what they're seeing in their mind anyway. Like mm -hmm. when I say I do a past life regression, I can go right in and see it as they're seeing it and kind of tap into <laughs> it and, and ask them the questions that I know that aren't leading but kind of validate what I'm seeing. You are your own checks and balance system. Yeah, so it is kind of fun to do. Um, as far well, as we have uh, we have someone that we're going to be. Uh, hypnotizing here in about two weeks it's uh, the one I mentioned to you about three weeks ago and it's also involved in the Lombardi murder and uh, I think you know from a perspective of our you know show talking about it today I did uh, want to bring you back so we can go over the details oh, not yes. necessarily of the murder but at least go over the details of the process and uh, and I think that would be an interesting show as well, along with the fact that while you're doing, in, in your particular case, unlike some of the other hypnotists, 
you're using all of your abilities along with the fact that you're hypnotizing the person. Is that correct or not? That's true. Because I, I do, once I get them into that state of hypnosis and um, start the process, I start to see psychically what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. Well, the cool thing that this hypnotist told me uh, from California that did some of the family members and then some of the neighbors of the deceased uh, was explaining to me that he takes them and puts them into the position where they're actually communicating with the deceased. And is that your process, or are there numerous other processes? You could do that, too. I've, I've done that in, in even just a regular like a weight loss case. It ended up that she needed closure with her father, and her father appeared right in front of me. I mean, I saw him stand right next to her, and she didn't know it. Her eyes were closed, and I'm like, oh, my God. And she when she came out of it she said oh yeah I felt like he was here I'm like yeah because he was he was he was I saw him <laughs> well that that's the cool part about this this uh, thing that we're doing in California Dave because quite frankly up until two months ago we had never used this technique I had a police officer the one I was telling you about for three years begging me to try this process so why, we, why wouldn't you well because we we wanted to be extremely cautious when we were talking to family members, especially in a technique we had never used before. And what happened was uh, this case materialized in California, and we had one of the certified members, uh, a doctor uh, that was uh, doing these hip- hypnosis techniques for 20-some years, and it just happened to be he was literally an hour away from all of our potential witnesses, so we... we, we just decided to start sending these people. Of course, the family wanted to do it because they wanted to get to the truth. And the irony is he was having these people that were hypnotized see it in the eyes of the victim and and also by communicating with the victim. And uh, so the victim was telling them what the license plate was, the color of the vehicle. And, of course, you know, we're giving this information to the police for them to follow up. But uh, that is essentially what I want to do uh in a couple of weeks. Oh, with, I look uh, forward to hearing about Dave that. Camp- yeah, yeah, you know, like I say, Dave and I have talked about it, so It'll be uh, I can't wait. Dave, a quick, a quick note. Uh, several of the people in the chat room said, wow, and I quote, you had an open-minded mother, and so many children can have a hard time dealing with abilities like you did. And another person said they admired your mother. Your mother really opened up with this. Um, she did, and it was, you know, that was back in the early 50s, so yeah. That oh, that was an opening time. Yeah, and um, to be, we grew up in Utah, so it was kind of not something you could talk about very openly, but um, we did, and she was very open to it. She did a lot of hypnosis herself, and so it was very open to a lot of other, you know, I guess it would be uh, new age type ideas. And, what if someone has a child whom they think might be psychic or a teenager, you know, whom they think might be psychic? What would you suggest they do? I really suggest encouraging it but not pushing it. I don't think you should try, try to make them, you know, answer questions because it becomes then it becomes... Don't you know, test them, more, in other words. Right, don't test them and don't push them or, or uh, make them unrealistically be something because they'll shut off. Sure. But don't close them down and say that's just your imagination or that's just, you know, you know, hogwash oh. or it's evil or scary because you don't need to scare them. There's no need for it. 
Well, for the most part, uh, I think you'll agree that hardly anyone out there that is not psychic or has been around psychics or anyone, you know, from from the psychic phenomena world uh, is really all that knowledgeable of it. The main thing is don't deter it and and let them develop as they want to develop, and then sooner or later when they get to a certain age, they'll uh, probably pursue it anyway. One last question before we go. We're about to close the show, Dave, but what do asteroids have anything to do with astrology? Is there, is there some kind of a connection there? Oh, absolutely. They're, they're just not talked about that much, and there's a handful of astrologers that use them. I use them extensively. And, okay. Um, and, for instance, like there is another fun story. Um, like a lot of the kidnapped victims... Um, have asteroid Proserpina in their charts, which she was in mythology the first kidnapped victim by Pluto or Hades. Yes. And like, um, for instance, um, oh, what's the? No, I forgot her name. The girl that got kidnapped in the seventies. Patty Hearst. Patty Hearst. Yeah, sorry. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. She has the asteroid conjunct her son, which is your identity of who you are, and that's how you know her. So in her oh, that's chart, fantastic. she was born with Persephone or Proserpina, which is the same thing. The mytho- her, mythological character. Yeah, on her son, which is her identity, which represents who you are. And Wasn't Persephone she, also in charge of the seasons? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the mythology just played out in her life. Yeah, and that's well, how that's work. That certainly helps. Uh, well, listen... Uh, Dave, uh, it's it's been absolutely great having you on the show today. I uh, I enjoyed it, and even though you've been in the group for you know ten thousand years, I never really <laughs> knew that much about uh, astrology, especially forensic astrology. And uh, I learned more today than in the last eight years we've spent together. But, and I imagine uh, so is our audience learned well, quite yeah, a bit. I mean, yes. You know, 98% of the world doesn't even know what forensic astrology is, so right. I really appreciate you being on the show today. All right, thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Too. It was wonderful. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Now right. get back to work on your assignments. That's right. And, right. and everybody remember to kiss your dogs on the lips. Uh, and uh, That'll be the end of our show. And uh, come back and see us and uh, hear us next week. See Thanks, you then. Dave. Thanks, thank Val. You. Bye-bye. Thank you.